0: A oh. Little bit of a weak close. Who cares? By the dip back over 4800. Where's the resistance in this market? Not much earnings. We got some stocks on the move. A couple tricky movers this morning. Nvidia and Costco traded in the red. 835, Craig Johnson, Piper Sandler. It's made some good calls. see what he says about 2024 it's a tuesday it's pre-market prep let's get it started
1: coming to you live from downtown detroit this is benzinga's pre-market prep with your host joel conan this is a volatile puppy here isn't it and dennis did i've been a penny i'd buy that stock for a penny with everything you need to start your trading day.
0: Good morning, traders, investors, creeping higher. We're, in fact, we're right at yesterday's high, just no resistance in sight. Up 10 and a half handles, 4803.50. The buck kind of quiet here. Uh the dollar futures running into a little roadblock here in the lower 102 handle. See if we can clear that. It's down nine cents at 102.01. Bonds up three quarters of a point at 124 even after the rollover. Crude yo yo market, but down 28 cents at 72.54. Gold steady in the 2000 handle, up 360 at 20.44.10. Silver up 16 cents, a little bit more on a percentage basis at 24.28. Bitcoin futures up a grand, down a grand, up a grand today, up $1,120 at 43,225. I'm going to bring in Triple D here. Triple D, I just see some mega caps go red here, just brief uh, momentarily. Maybe some prints from yesterday, but uh, mm-hmm. come on in, Triple D. Oh, and, definitely.
2: Uh... <laughs> yeah, some prints from yesterday for sure. Um, the eight o'clock prints screwing everything up again. Um, you got Apple that's showing down 18 cents, it's not down 18 cents, it is up 70 cents. Microsoft showing down 50 cents, it is not down 50 cents, it is up a buck 20. Why? Look at the level two, you can see that. i don't know why these eight o'clock prints want to all hit the tape like the late prints screwing it all up i our our quote providers just need to start ignoring finra in the pre-market i mean it it, sometimes it's inside the market and again this is a market structure thing half the trades cross on finra that's everything done off exchange and who knows what that is because they don't tell us half the you know we've, we've, we've you know complained about this before but one thing we definitely need regulators i know some of you are listening we need more transparency in the FINRA tape because there's no way for us to definitively tell what the hell these individual FINRA trades are because there's like 50 things that that hits bam, 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 chain, bam, bam. all off-exchange yep. trading. It's on FINRA tape. So you got dark pools, you got Citadel and 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 and, Virtu and you know your off-exchange market makers hitting there. You got Liquidnet doing crosses over there. You got every other you know institution doing dark crosses over there. All kinds of stuff that hits that FINRA tape, but they just classify it all as FINRA. You couldn't have two things more different than LiquidNet and then you know it's Citadel's market making. You know, you got big institutions coming together. You know, like trying to you Class. know not have big price you know impact, and then you have little minute retail trades over here, all classified as the same thing on the FINRA tape. It's absolutely ridiculous. We've been asking for more transparency in that tape for a long time. So why these, you know, trades all happen at 8 o'clock, 8.03, I've speculated that they are late trades to the tape because they are never within the market and they're usually done at the closing price or lower, or usually done at the closing price. But we really don't know because they don't tell us what those trades are.
0: You so know anyway, what's I'm interesting? Ranting. I'm ranting too much. Yeah, I know. No, no, no. Already. But I'm not noticing it now, but during the day on the CNBC, I was seeing like the prints going out to four decimals. Now I don't really see it right now. I don't know if they're showing the closing prints or maybe they corrected it. But I looked at it and I'm like, because you know what a what a you know decibel hater hey, I am, you know. But then going out to three or four decimals. No, but I, uh, I anyways, we got money, Mitch, back in the house here today. So let's bring Mitch on, Mitch. Uh, good morning to you on this Tuesday. Uh, we'll let you drive the bus here on. And uh, on, it's it's like a it's a news Tuesday, but it's kind of hard to find the news.
1: Yeah, a lot of macro situations going on out there. And of course, it's near the end of the year. So a little bit of some slowdown kind of expected, right? Um, not too many PRs coming out and people taking holiday breaks, things like that. So I think that's what's weighing in on the markets here. Let's talk about, of course, Iran back, Houthi um, militants here have targeted ships in the Red Sea causing distress disruptions in global trades. To address this, a coalition led by the U.S. along with several countries plans to form a force of safeguards in the region. Major shipping companies are diverting their journeys immediately to ensure the safeties of these vessels. Um, This collective action uh, affects approximately 60 percent of global trade. Uh, Additionally, you're seeing BP announcing a pause to where its shipping activities in the Red Sea uh, due to the ongoing attacks. Um, So this could affect a lot of different areas. And this could have been the reason why I started seeing the shipping companies start to move like two or three days ago. I even caught some of them like Zim, uh, Starbuck. They started moving. So I think that these can affect the shipping companies. I think this can affect the oil trade. What do you guys see in this situation?
2: Um, It's a serious situation going over there. I mean, these pirates, we've talked about this stuff. It's kind of, you know, it makes you think of that with that movie with uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, Captain, not Captain. Is it Captain? Something? Castaway, what? Oh, not Castaway. Oh, the Pirates. Joel, you know the movie. Tom, oh, uh,
0: Pirates of the Caribbean? There you go. That's Joel's favorite. Gosh, you one. guys
2: haven't seen the movie? That's it's a newer movie. It's like three, four years ago. The one that he's going off the coast of Africa, Captain Phillips. Captain, Captain Phillips. Phillips. Man. You never watched Captain Phillips? No, we did not. It's watch an Captain awesome Phillips. movie. Joel, you need to awesome watch Captain hey, Phillips. Hanks is always an awesome movie. But that is an awesome movie, yeah. and it's pirates, and it's talking exactly about this, you know, where yeah. you've got individuals jumping on and taking over these big ships. And, you know, and, and, and they don't have a lot of, you know, they're, they're, they're coming on like pirates. And the little boats that get on there take over the ship and hold everything hostage. So, I mean, this is real. And this is a serious issue. Um, and that, Now, again, you know, how it affects everything. You know, does it cause oil prices to continue to spike up here? You know, it always seems like there's something talking about oil. So, it's hard to figure out all that. I don't know when you get into the Zim shipping and stuff. That's such a small company that everybody was caught for the dividend in it we're squeezing stuff like that right now. So anything that has uh-huh. been a laggard, you know, that stocks is going up because of the laggard trade, but maybe it's a catalyst.
0: Crude gets Great. pops Great. off this. It had a big pop. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it gets pops off this and then, you know, now it's over two bucks uh, from the high from yesterday. So, I mean, you know what I, I think, and you know, I've, been right, been wrong, or whatever. Well, I just think no matter what, you know, what, no matter what these figures that you hear out of OPEC, no matter what you hear out of Russia, there's someone pumping. They're Venezuela or wherever the US, I mean, these figures that you're getting, they're pulling it out of the ground at 55, 60 bucks a barrel. They don't care. They're getting it out. They're pumping on the market. So You know
2: how much they pull out do you know overseas in the Middle East what they pull that out for, Joel? Do you know how much it costs them to pull out a barrel of oil over there? Fifteen? It's like six dollars Oh man. Seven bucks they pull it out for. It's crazy how much cheaper they pull it out over there. So (sighs) I and again maybe didn't get rich for for no reason, man. So maybe it's ten now because we have inflation and everything is doubled, (laughs) but I mean, it's unbelievable how cheap they can pull it out over there. They pull it out really cheap. What do you think
1: about some of these shipping stocks? Are we going to get another kind of situation that happened? I think it was in 2018. Am I... Maybe twenty seven. It, may, it may have been
2: sooner than that. Are you talking about the Suez Canal when we had the problems? No, we
1: had this huge like squeeze in shipping stocks when I first started getting into trading. I remember oh, I was in college and it was uh, eagles. It was ships. Oh yeah, it was well,
0: dry ships? Remember it was dry, dry that's ships. long
2: gone. Do you remember
0: that guys? Do you remember oh, that action? The death spiral
2: financing of dry ships. Well, where one it of those just stocks reverse split and then fall and then reverse split and then yeah. fall and the all time high was like ten million dollars. One of the stocks that did move when that happened,
1: and I remember I actually rode this one up for like an insane win. I remember which one, uh, Eagle Eagle bulk, ship. it's still E-D-L-E. around. Oh, it's, it's one of the good ones, man. That's $54. A share. Look at the monthly, though. The monthly
2: <laughs> reverse splits oh, is it one of those? goes up to 2,448. Yeah, they got some reverse blitz <laughs> in these. That's telling you long term investments, these things are not. That's my yoga yeah. talk for you this morning. You guys well, remember that these things are not short-term <laughs> trades. These things can be very good
0: at times. There was another one too, wasn't there? That uh, it was like there was this corp. It was it This corp there
2: was Diana Shipping DSX. That was another one.
1: Yep. And so there's some new ones. There's some new ones that I would focus on right zim and starboke are some of the ones that i'd focus on here um they've already gotten the uh, move already sblk zim um but you guys can also watch like a, a more expensive stock like a matx that's uh Matson inc and then you also got kex kirby corp sure. um so well, these are- Kirby's a big company these are shipping ports uh shipping and ports they're in that what, industry so they could the get the What was one
0: before you said K E X cuz that um, looks like a M-
2: stock M A T X that looks like a real stock Matson I do not know Matson M-A-T-X. Have you
0: ever traded Matson Dennis <laughs> No
2: you found a stock and there's very few in this market that are above $5 match, that I've baby. never traded before but I know nothing about Matson. I'm googling Matson right now to find out more about Matson. <laughs> Matson Inc., Honolulu, Hawaii. Is this the right company? I I would think
1: so. It's in the industrial sector, yeah. shipping and ports. So uh, just keep yeah. a watch on these. Right? These
2: leader in doors... Pacific shipping since 1882. Man, I don't. I guess because i never been Hawaii. Since 1882s, and I it, know and I didn't know this company. On, Shame man. on me that I didn't know Matson.
1: <laughs> all right but also this could affect the oil trade right um i've been playing some oil game what have you guys think about oil lately i know i haven't been here for a couple of days so
2: what i do think you guys if we're do? calling off the recession i think you got to be buying oil stocks so i'm i you want the laggard list okay the laggard list got bigger folks so here we go my laggard list so far this is a I got not you, I for got today you. look at the handwriting Twenty twenty four, 24 january 1 bob at the top Fives are the ultimate lagger. That stock just sucks. SE, remember how much of a darling that was back in 2020, 2021? That stock sucks too. That's sitting near a 52-week low. And I oh, just yeah. put Polaris on it this morning for Joel. Polaris. Because we were talking about all these stocks that have high ticket prices that haven't been running. Well, PII has not run yet. Some of them have. When a bag goes run, GM's been running, Ford's been running. Polaris's been left in the dust. Just sitting there looking like it wants to go so that's on my laggard list you know what else is getting added to it right now on my laggard list what, what's yes. on there well we already started talking about oil i'm not talking the stock i'm talking oh, all oh. the stocks this is your january effect these are the stocks yes, yes, that don't show everyone don't show everybody do
1: don't worry no one can read that
2: <laughs> you can read it. it's clear. It can. i do this what? every day look this is my list look look this is what I write. This is oh, how I oh, do it every day. You guys are getting day. the gold this morning. Dividends, dividends go over here. Stocks reporting after hours. Stocks reporting pre-market. Look, I got the ex-antitrust. Those Everyone's screenshotting this right now, that's Dennis. The, that's, the, that's all my hits. I, I, I give I give out my ideas. I saw this the pizza
0: order at for. the
2: bottom there, Dennis. Uh, you <laughs> so, do-
0: <laughs> Take out the trash. <laughs> yeah. Get a haircut. Get
2: a new job. I know they tell me that all the time.
1: So you're you're all in you on the get a haircut and get a real store? job, clean your act
2: up, and don't be a slob. George Thorogood was phenomenal.
1: So Baba's the one now. I mean, that's an um, interesting chart, man. I, I saw Bob on Dave says, I list. did
2: screenshot it actually. <laughs> <laughs> nice, hey,
1: you got to take it when you can get it, man. Screenshot and uh, that. definitely, you got to have your shopping list, right? Because uh, moments like yeah. this. If you didn't have it ready, well, then you don't even have anything to go to. You got to start putting doing Oxy your research. i Oxy on it, too.
2: Warren Buffett Oxy. Oil Oxy.
1: I, I grabbed a little bit of Valero before I left, and
2: Ooh. that's not too bad. Someone... How's it doing? Is it coming? Is it... That's a sleepy one. They're starting one. to try. That's a sleepy one, Valero. But, but back to your original question. If we are calling off the recession because the Fed has pivoted, mm-hmm. then... We need to be looking at laggards and laggard trade starts January 1. It started early and it's been going for a while here because yeah, maybe here, you get a little yep. pullback, maybe get a little tax loss selling the end of the year pulls you back a little bit. And then that's going to be our entry point where we enter all these stocks and win money in 2024.
1: <laughs> Kathy Wood, baby. Um, all little right. So. So there's, uh, of course, more Fed talk that could come out today. I know there's a Fed that's going to be speaking today. So watch out for that. Daily also told the Wall Street Journal that Fed rate cuts are likely to be appropriate next year because of an improvement in inflation and that there was a risk for policy stance being too tight. What does that mean there? I feel like that last little bit is really interesting. That there was risk for the policy stance to being too tight. That might mean that they saw the recession coming if they would have left rates where they were.
2: Again, to our point, Mitch, they're in the prediction business now. They are no longer in the data dependence business. They are now in the prediction business because they have pivoted without having the data to support it. And they are talking about what is going to happen. That is called the prediction business, folks. The Fed has switched business Powell has switched business. He is now into the
0: prediction business, and that changes everything. Well, maybe Powell was right all along that this inflation was just transitory. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. And he's right that they've beaten inflation, and
2: inflation is (laughs) gone forever. Our biggest risk now is deflation. Price is going down. You know when you go out, and you know everybody's going to want to take wage cuts because for the better of society, that everybody's going to be saying, oh, yes, you know, for Christmas, Mr. Boss, for my New Year's, you know, present or whatever. I'd like a wage cut. No, yeah, inflation's you know gone
1: down, Dennis, so you don't get as much anymore. <laughs>
2: yeah, inflation. No, that's not the way
1: it works, man. Not the way it works. Um, and and with people have been, uh, the consumer's going to stay strong. But one of those ways they're going to stay strong, I think, is, yeah,
2: it raise my salary. Then I can stay strong, right? They're still asking for it. Tesla. This is yeah. a good segue. Look, we never segue. We just go random thoughts. We can. I, this is a segue, and I grabbed it for you here, Mitch, because go talking for it, about Dennis. wage increases, look at Musk talking about wage increases.
1: Tesla aims to hike the hourly rates for the fixed-rate employees at its manufacturing unit in Sparks, Nevada, with increases ranging from $2 to $8.30 per hour. The lowest wages would see the wages uh, rise from 22 uh from 20 to 22 per hour and then some of these employees all from 2620 to 3065 now raised all the way up to 3450 this was reported by CNBC on Wednesday we had already talked about this with the UAW talk and how it was going to push some of those workers to just knock on Elon's door and say the same thing
2: hey where's my money wow they were talking about twenty two, thirty dollars an hour auto workers. Where where do they go here at Ford and GM? What are they talking? And They're again, like these 40s, the all in right? numbers were like forty. Yeah, what's four? But what's the wage? So the wage isn't that yeah. high. It's like the benefits. I mean, so you got to compare apples to apples. What's the wage of Ford and GM? 50? 55?
1: fifty uh, five. I'm pulling hmm. up the exact here. He's, um, he's finding it. Mitch yeah, gonna yeah. get this, so we yeah, don't I'll get, this, uh, so get a million seconds. people hating on us here. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't want to be, give the wrong answer there. I want to give yeah. the exact uh, dollar wage.
3: They here. said it but
0: ranges uh, from twenty-two 19- to thirty-four at Tesla. Oh, it, oh, oh you talk talking Tesla and Ford. What I came up is a, a big old range there. Mm. Uh, I think it depends a lot on your your seniority and yeah. um. You All know, right, how, so
1: uh, I have it. Um, so the top employees would be making more than forty dollars an hour yeah. compared to let's say thirty four fifty at the top that's mode. at the
2: high end so the low end of Ford's like 40 the high end of tests can be like 34 yep. and then you get your benefits and everything else that really blows that number out of the water makes it go a lot higher but regardless he's still doing something right because you know his employees obviously haven't had this you know they aren't getting paid nearly as much and they're still working so musk's figured it out somehow he said it's because mean, they got more employee stock ownership, but they got stock ownership of Ford and GM, too, so I'm not sure that's the reason. Yeah, but yeah. the stocks have gone down. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, nobody likes the Ford GM <laughs> stock ownership because the stocks go down. They love the Tesla stock ownership because the stock keeps flying. Yeah. So that's probably why. It's stock performance that allows him to keep the wages down. Man, that's like, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, you know, type of like the deal. That's pretty good. Go. Okay.
1: That's true. Let's talk about Apple as they're bracing itself for $17 billion pending ban imposed by the International Trade Commission. This is imposing a risk to its smartwatch operations. The ban is due to come in effect on December 25th. Apple intends to stop selling the Series 9 and the Ultra 2 model watches on the website and -and brick-and-mortar stores by Thursday, December 24th. Um, So, of course, this is uh, a kind of a back and forth battle has all to do with kind of the oxygen kind of algorithm reading on the watch. Correct. Yep. Um, So that's really where this comes back to. And uh, it's kind of a battle of kind of one thing is that they're trying to make a settlement deal right now uh, with Masimo. Um, But what do you guys think about this situation? Do you really think it's going to affect the bottom line of Apple here?
2: No. Well, what is enough. the watch sales like 1% of their sales? <laughs> Something stupidly low. I mean, it's I, if this was iPhone, it's a big deal. It's not iPhone, it's Apple Watch. I don't know. It's more than 1%, but it isn't 5%. I don't think Apple Watch, I don't think it's five. I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I you don't here, have the it's numbers very either. Apple Watch is a very small portion of their overall revenue, very small. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we can't sell a couple of watches, it's not going to affect Apple stock. Does it affect Massimo? I mean that stock's been moving up on this. They're gonna get a settlement. They're gonna get you know paid some money here because MS M A S I, which has been an absolute dog this year, started the year up at about $140, ran to $190, then bottomed out in October when everything bottomed at $75. It's been running here. We're up to $115, so we're on the couple. Symbol
0: me on that one. M-A-S-I.
2: M A S Michael Alpha Simon Ida. Okay cuz you got you both talked to the You know your Ida. We talk over each other on this show. Yeah, that's how we do it, baby. <laughs> okay.
0: I just going to Apple here real quick so this has gotten hit with a double dose of bad news, right? Over the last couple of days, they got hit with uh, more China regulations. I think that was a tape bomb after the close on Friday, and mm-hmm. uh, now this. And uh, nobody
2: cares.
1: And <laughs> two hundred not- on the
0: way, man. We're gonna get to yeah, two hundred down figured. on bad news and
2: bull markets.
0: Yeah, two hundred. Uh, I'll just start. technically here. If you got stuck uh, y- yesterday, you did have the gap down. Uh, you got a gap fill at one ninety seven. That's just a minor number. Uh, and then your two-day close one at 97.57 so that those are just uh some levels coming into play if you bought the dip yesterday and you're just looking to, to pair out uh because it's trading up on bad news and you know what that can we figure out what's going on with Nvidia did we did we figure that uh, out yet or are we just gonna be in the dark Nvidia
2: smci had a hell of a day yesterday really nice run Nvidia challenging up near the highs and now it's pulling back here this morning so obviously there's an analyst commentary or something something out there somewhere smci breaking out among both oh, these stocks long-term portfolio we talked about these stocks yesterday A tweeted about these stocks yesterday it was a nice move yesterday getting a little pullback here a little check back here um chat you got the nvidia news because we looked through a little <laughs> bit here i did not see anything jumping out and biting me there's always a headline in nvidia but i didn't see anything that was like you know like the jumper that was going to make the stock fall at eight bucks here today yeah. looks like there's something we're missing A nice
1: little laggard play that you found there on that SMCI. We were looking at that last week, and that really has gotten going. Um, Is there any other kind of semiconductor player, AI play like this that's still lagging? I mean...
2: Well, AVGO lagged forever, and we know what that thing's done. That thing has just blasted off into orbit. I cannot believe the AVGO move, and I think you absolutely cannot chase it at this point in time because it doesn't move like that. That was my laggard AI play when it was 19 times earnings back at $800 now 1147 so i don't know like it's now just gone rocket ship mode i don't like buying stocks in rocket ship mode yeah there's not many pl- plays out there that uh, aren't looking like rocket
1: ships and that's the real interesting part of this market uh let's go of course uh we got to talk about us steel we were looking for a deal for so long and we finally got it right nippon yes. steel buying us steel for 55 dollars per share Representing a nearly forty percent premium from U.S. Steel's last closing price of thirty-nine point three three on Friday. What do you guys think about this long term? Was this just Elon that wanted X symbol, and he was like, you know what? Ah, uh-huh, that's what I'm
2: yeah, talking about. Was, I
0: saw that yesterday. Elon
2: yep. Musk is involved here somehow. The Musk somehow the some theory is that he controls the whole world, and he's controlling this. He so wants X. Got X symbol. To bring Twitter back public as X. X. Yeah. No, I don't think it's anything to do with it. But U.S. Uh, deal, I mean, I don't get it. Why you want to pay 50 bucks with all this potential antitrust issues? I mean, you have multiple um, you know, people coming out, and obviously politicians coming out saying we're going to try to block this deal. The union leader from U.S. deal was on CNBC last night and basically said he's at war over this deal. And 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 Sully said to him, he's like, it sounds like you're at war. And he's like, well, the war started at 6 a.m. this morning. So they are very worried about this deal. They will fight this deal tooth and nail unless they, you know, get, you know, they said in writing that, you know, obviously they're going to honor all the agreements and everything there for their own union. Um, so there is going to be some hurdles here. There's going to be some time value of money here. You got to consider time value of money is 5% as well. So why people want to pay to 51 or 52 dollars i don't get it at 45 it would make sense i think it's too high right now i think for all this i don't think there's a better deal coming in because even cleveland cliff's interview what he was on cnbc too and the cleveland cliff ceo was saying that um, um it was uh i forget who was asking him um because i forget which uh, segment it was on it may it, it may have been morgan that was asking him but asking would you be a buyer of us steel if the nippon deal gets blocked and he said yes but at a much, much lower price is what he said. So that's telling you there's no you know white you know knight coming in here and paying 70 for this or 65 or 60. This is going to be as good as it gets, in my opinion, as the 55. I'm shocked it was this high. So I mean, if you want to sit around for the last six bucks or five and a half bucks, you can, but there's a lot of risk. And if this deal doesn't go through, it's not going back to 20 because there will be other suitors. But he was kind of hinting his price was originally, I think, thirty-five dollars. Cleveland Cliffs. You know, maybe they could go to forty, but they're not going to fifty-five.
0: Yeah, so that, they, they they blew I it think, out of the I water that. I think it's still that. a
2: ring the register opportunity here. So I think you're going to be in a fight for a while here. So I think I think you might win at the end. You might get the fifty-five dollars. We could be a year from now before this deal ends up getting done if it gets done. So I think you're going to be waiting a long time to pick up that last uh, five bucks.
0: Yep, time value of money are coming into so, much yeah, coming into play here. Do we care about building permits and housing starts at eight thirty a.m. Probably, do they we seem do. to care about everything now. So <laughs> why? I probably should go wide. I'll probably have sold,
2: sold, sold. I'm like, why didn't I go wide,
0: guys? Nice. I never pay attention. You have offers. Thing. You have a sell key on your your keyboard. I know. I just to,
2: to eliminate this and. and in bull markets, you're supposed to eliminate the sell key or at least hide it a little bit so it takes you longer to hit it. Save you a couple save you a couple bucks by selling, you know, a few There's
1: bucks only later. a buy, buy the dip button
0: and maybe yep, sell the rip the button. <laughs>
2: buy the dip and that's it. Just buy. Excel
0: right. permits Q1. housing stocks
1: I'm sorry go ahead give the previous Accenture Q1 adjusted EPS came in at $3.27 beat the $3.14 estimate sales of 16.22 billion beat the 16.2 billion estimate they reaffirmed fiscal year adjusted EPS outlook um and then they also expect growth revenue growth of 2 to 5% um, so just going through this one and I'll grab those numbers for you guys as they
0: come in. Ooh, oh, boy. I don't This is a, a down 661. I've been throwing out the pre-market action. I'd say what happens at 335 here, I'd see uh, a four lows in that area. So we did trade below it in the pre-market. If you're looking for a gap fill on this one. Uh, not too far away. Bottom of yesterday's range, three forty point six four, and the close was just above that.
2: Sometimes there's nothing there, and you just pass. I'll yeah, take pass. pass, pass.
0: Yep. Okay. Let's. Uh, so All we right. are now within a within thirty seconds here. Is yeah. it worth it I to go, go to wide. the minute? Chart?
2: I may regret that.
0: All right, then I'm going to go to the one minute chart here just to have just some scaring excitement. Me now. all right
1: expectations are expected to to come in at 1.47 million (laughs) there and then uh the prior being 1.498 so let's see what we get there that's building permits month over month Um, we'll see what when those come in here i'll let you guys know as soon as i get them Um, and then we also can uh, start at least previewing we'll take a look into earnings that come tonight of course fedex on the tape we got of course some stocks coming in tomorrow. So don't miss that. We get a little bit of some General Mills and uh a, a favorite here, uh Winnebago. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up. WGO. All right, um, I,
2: I don't see any movement here whatsoever. No, I don't either. So I'm glad I, really I didn't. Know why I didn't have to put my orders back out. There. I'm so sorry, like Jeez, I thought, I guys. No, um... don't be sorry. It's like just like I'm scared of all numbers right now because it seems like I'll find some reason <laughs> to really chop and they're all in all likely. Yeah, we'll what
1: what what happened hit. to you guys when I was when I left, guys? You guys just got number rocked or something? I mean, Stayed, man, oh uh, two and a away quarter from
0: shorts, yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, two and too a quarter. much on
0: the short side. All right. Let's see. O oh, two 2 and a quarter. That was yesterday's high. That's the only relevant I have in here. Uh, go ahead, Mitch. I see it on the screen. What do you got? Woo. That's a that's a strong number, it looks like. <laughs> 1.56 right, so... million versus
2: 1.36 million housing starts. So it yeah. is a little bit of a good number. And I guess if you're in this environment now I mean, with the Fed's it... pivoting no matter what. You want to see stuff. We don't have to worry about, oh, well, the feds already said they're right. Let's give so them the, the numbers full numbers though number. here.
1: Uh, because also you got building permits here month over month uh, for November, 2.5% oh, versus next. a 1.8% prior. So building permits actually went down next. there. So it's a mixed next. noise here. And um, if you look at building permits for November, it was at 1.46 versus a 1.47. So a little bit under. And the prior being 1.49. So it's actually trending downward on the building permits there. So a little bit of mixed noise, but still, Mm. hey, as long as it's mixed or not negative, I think
0: that's a positive, right? What do you guys think? Market yeah, so. absolutely doesn't care. I mean, here we are sitting up with yesterday's high and to you know, daily highs and lows, oh two and a quarter. So uh leaking, I mean, I don't even want to call it a leak. We did hit oh four and a quarter, so I don't know. Not 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 the big number, not a big disappointment. I'm I'm sorry I put the one minute chart up there. I'm gonna go back to uh, the 30-minute chart and uh, we're still we're still holding on to the game. It's a small leak, a little bit, but I'm sure someone will stick their finger in there and stop that.
2: And remember, we are now entering holiday trade. And one thing is the Santa Claus rally markets usually There's go up but volatility holidays. drops. Yeah. When we start getting into holiday trade, it gets quiet. Why? Because traders are taking time off. You know, kids are going to be getting out of school. You start getting into, you know, no news earnings. And you know, we're getting to the no earnings. Earnings. No FedEx earnings. tonight is a big one. So FedEx can be market moving. So we'll keep an eye on that. And then we have Nike on Thursday. But really, you know, we're, we're reaching when we're like Winnebago reports. I mean, there's not <laughs> a lot of like major market movers out here. FedEx really? is the exception tonight. So I will officially say, like tonight, FedEx is probably the last one Nike moves to retail. So Nike Thursday, too. So they have two big ones this week, FedEx and Nike. That's what we're watching.
1: Oh, USPS uh, going to get a new raise? Uh, someone in the chat saying that they're uh, a, a letter carrier looking at
2: a raise. Uh, dun, everybody dun, dun, dun. wants more money. Even though no more money. Been, we have to tell all these people inflation is now gone you don't need a raise anymore oh, oh to the yeah they have beaten inflation people oh, in the chat yeah. you don't need a raise anymore inflation is, is stuck, forever this and top,
0: no, no. never we did need a raise. another
2: raise ever again <laughs> i think uh some guys want to get paid here what can i say i don't i'm not asking for more money from mr <laughs> market here i'm now content I don't need to make more money trading. So I'm not going to ask more money from Mr. Market here because I don't need to raise anymore because prices are no longer going up. So I am now content. And if you believe that in raking it in, baby, bring that that money back. All
1: right, guys, I'll get you guys out of here. We'll get to our guests. We'll get to some conversation. Of course, we have a great guest like always for you guys smash the like on this holiday time. It's the holiday season, guys! Smash it up!
0: All right, folks. Moment you've all been waiting for. Craig Johnson, Managing Director, Chief Market Technician, over there at Piper Sandler. Mr. Johnson, how are you doing today? I'm doing
3: wonderful. How are you guys doing? By the way, you can't say that we're not going to get a. raises. Everybody wants a raise, <laughs> Craig. I mean, are you not listening to the Fed?
2: Inflation is beaten, so we don't need raises anymore. So you don't go to Piper at the end of the year.
3: You can yeah. say, I'm now content. <laughs> no, I don't bonus, need a raise yeah. anymore because inflation is beaten. I'll look at you and say, make it yourself, Johnson.
2: Right?
1: <laughs> mm, right? That's how it is. If
3: you right? want any more than that, you go figure out how to make it from Mr. Market, right?
0: <laughs> yep. Good old Market will make that for you right so so Craig uh, a month ago Goldman Sachs told us that could not go any higher than 4700 next year and uh, now they're saying 5100. Uh, you you've kind of you stuck to your mantra a little over a month ago. I probably should have pulled up the exact date and you just told us just to sit tight here, sit tight, we're gonna have a rally, gotta look at the small caps. Mm-hmm. and Presto, your your direct pipeline. Are you a Fed? Are you on the Fed? Are you? Is that your new job? Are you going to come on today and announce that you mm-hmm. are replacing Jerome Powell?
3: Uh, that I am not doing. That is hundred uh, percent for sure. Uh, what I will say though is, this is a market that got sort of pushed down too far. It was sort of a beach ball below the waterline, and when you get the breath measures of the market that beaten up, it springs back. That's what we've historically seen, but. You know, Joel, I think it's more important at this point in time to talk about twenty twenty four, if that's okay.
0: Absolutely, and uh you can uh, you can drive there. I know you know how to do it. If you want to share your charts, go right Absolutely. ahead. But yeah, who cares about the past? We want to know about the future.
3: Well, that's
0: that's exactly where where we're at.
3: So let me just get to the right window here. I think this is it right here. I can see the future. All right. So can you guys see that on my screen?
1: I got you, Craig.
3: High level trading range, right? HLTR. So 2024, we think is going to be a HLTR. And I hope you guys make t-shirts and hats and everything else to go with it, a whole new clothing line. Um, But HLTR stands for a high level trading range. And um, I'm stealing this phrase from a good technician friend of mine that used to work at Fidelity by the name of Rich Gula. He's uh, honored and pleased that I'm stealing his title. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I think this is a market that's going to just grind right up to those old highs. $4,800, 40, 4025 ish range. Our year-end objective for 2023 has been 4825 And I really do think we're going to get there in the next eight to nine trading days. Like, we're very, very close to getting there. And from my perspective, we're going to get there. Then we're going to probably end up in a period of consolidation. And we probably end up in this high-level trading range probably for a good chunk of 2024 before you finish the year higher with a 50-50 year-end objective. Not that I'm questioning it, but our point and figures came up at 50-50 for a year-end objective. It's going to be a good year next year, but it's a totally different trading setup in 2024 than what we had seen in 2023. And let me show you a couple of these charts that I've uh, put together in here. So take a look at um, this is what I think the year is going to look like. And everybody looks at me and they go, you're out of your mind, Johnson, that you're going to go put some forward looking projections out here like this. But as you guys all know and your listeners all know, I'm not afraid to put my neck out there. I'm not afraid to be wrong, which I wish Wall Street would do more of, to be honest with you. I agree. And at this point in time, I just see this consolidation range. And again, think about it. We got a pretty contentious election next year. So if you want to think about what the key themes for next year are going to be, equity stall near the 22 highs, breath improves and expands, and you enter this HLTR and all these big stocks, Apple, Microsoft, all those MAG-7s, they go from MAG-7 to LAG-7, and you watch all these small mid-caps start to play catch up. Put that together with the election uncertainty. We've already seen the Fed number four theme has already happened with them now coming back and saying, hey, we're going to cut rates as we get into 2024. And inflation is moderating, but not enough not to ask for the raise, just to be clear. (laughs) And then sometime next year, three and a quarter, three and a half, probably mid part of next year is where you see the 10 year bond yield work your way down to. And that's going to keep a a nice steady bid for equities. So you're thinking
2: mega cap. Sorry, you're, you're thinking mega cap maybe just hangs out consolidates and it's more going to be that small cap continues to play the catch up trade here as you know rates are, are as inflation has peaked and it looks like rates have peaked as well
3: absolutely look at this little chart that we put together in our weekly piece yesterday right if you look actually look at small mid and large stocks and compare that to the mag 7 now the lag seven um, you can see here that small cap stocks, are outperforming even your mid cap and they're outperforming the mag seven and the S and P 500. So the breadth of this market is really starting to expand. Yeah, That is a constructive and healthy sign for this market, but there's uh, such I'm, large weights of the market. That's mm. where the HLTR and the consolidation ring comes into play guys.
2: So I guess it depends the index you're looking at too. So you think the IWM probably going to outperform the S and P next year.
3: Oh, I absolutely think that is going to be the case, and I think for the first time, um, let's see here, hang on. I think for the first time in a while, we're going to finally see this this Russell this Russell finally start to break out of yeah. this two year consolidation range. Because if you think about the composition of this yeah. particular index, it mm-hmm. is primarily financials, industrials, and healthcare. Healthcare is still struggling. But the relative strength inflection point with these in, with these financial stocks is absolutely amazing. And again, you know, Dennis, look at this chart right here. I'm going to zoom into this so you can see this. Yep. Everybody gets to see these charts, right? But when you zoom into these things and you look at the total return of the financial sector, this is all financial stocks above a 25 million market cap and a $2 price. Here is unweighted and market cap weighted. Come on, buy, sell, or hold on this chart.
2: It looks like we're starting to. And, and again, just thinking of the rate environment here too. I mean, if rates have indeed peaked, if we do believe the Fed here, it's got to be good for all these interest rate sensitive stocks, not just financials. I mean, there's so much in the IWM that is, you know, that has really been hurt by higher rates. Right. So we're going to take that, you know, and that's what's really been holding down the ball. Like you talk about this ball under the water that wants to stay. What's been holding down the ball is the Fed. If the Fed's ready right. to release that ball. I'm with you here. I mean, there could be a catch-up trade in 2024.
3: The Fed gave you the green light, right? And that's
2: why the violent rally in the IWM. Like, I mean, exactly. violent. Like, you don't often see an 8% move in two days, and that's what we saw in the IWM. I cannot remember the last time I saw the IWM spike 8% in two days off of a Fed meeting. I oh, mean, good.
3: that's an incredible move. Just wait until you get the price action of breaking through this overhead resistance right here. And watch this this index move very very quickly up to at least 2132, and then probably more likely back up to 2292. And when that happens, all these small mid cap stocks are going to absolutely continue to uh, be strong, and they're going to continue to keep pushing higher. And again, if the financials are working, that's a that's a positive and bullish sign for the market. And again, if you just come back and scrunch up this chart, look how long we've been forming this sideways consolidation action in the Russell. I mean, it's been, it's been years in the making. Years.
2: Yeah. yeah. Years in like the You maker. could go back, Craig, you could even go back farther. I mean, IWM in 2018 was 173. That's where we were last month. You could argue that this is five years of really going nowhere. So, you know, like obviously the range, we're looking at the recent range and, and we had the 2020 breakout, but you know, really, you know, you take out the COVID dip and, and then, and then the subsequent rip afterwards, we kind of got nowhere for
3: five years. Correct. Correct. And and this this will finally, I think, be ultimately a, a catalyst for, for equities to work with the Fed sort of coming back off. But you know, the other thing that we got to take this shorter term perspective, and then we need to put it into the longer term perspective, guys. And the longer term perspective that we got to come back to is we talked about it last time, but it's worth repeating. We had a 40-year secular change of interest rates. Okay. And when you reverse a 40-year secular downtrend, you always will surge through it and you'll have a check back. But the thing is, I know this is a short-term trading show and a short-term sort of thought process, but it literally took seven years between the peak to the reversal to the retest back in the 1980s. This is what we're going to have, or we're going to have some great trading coming up for people as we process our way through this. And people keep asking me how far are rates going to go to the downside? Well, rates yeah. to the downside are going to probably trade down to, um, I think it's going to be kind of three and a quarter, three and a half percent. But the cool part about this and the way to think about this is take a look at this chart I pulled up right here. You're thinking about this all short term, which is great. Retracement levels and everything else broke the 200 day. And now if we crunch this chart up, and we think about coming off of the lows back in the 2001 period of time. If you do your FIB retracements now, look at where you finally broke below right here. 23.6 retracement level. We've broken that. Means the next level we got to get to is right here at a huge support level at around three and a quarter percent. We're going to wow. be there midpoint next year, which means equities keep working. Probably yeah. in a Q1. Get your HLTR. Go sideways. Go sideways wait for the election and then you finish higher 50 50 at year end. That's what we're thinking.
2: I like it. I like your, I like your thought process. And I've been along long IWM for a while waiting for this catch-up trade. So I hope you're right. Craig. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now what could throw a wrench in this, Craig? My question. Yep. Yeah.
3: Well, I think, uh, I mean the election, uh, any sort of further conflict in, uh, you know, uh, Geographical conflicts, you know, we got the Middle East, we've got Ukraine, we've got those issues that could certainly put some conflicts into it. Taiwan could put some, uh, a wrench into this process. And, you know, if the government can't get the budget stuff figured out, uh, that could certainly put a, a wrench into it. But overall, this is going to be a very, very contentious election coming up. Left or right, I just think everybody needs to sort of keep their heads on straight and sort of think about what is good for the country and not necessarily for their wallets, even though Dennis is asking for a pay raise, and sort of put (laughs) all these pieces together and figure out, like, this is the best country in the world. Let's just keep it that way. And everybody's got to sort of help in that sort of shared cause.
0: What about looking other places, Craig? And uh, we were talking about the leaders, the laggards. Nothing has been uh, more of uh, a laggard, right, than the Chinese market, right? American in Alibaba. Yeah, let's talk, talk to us about that.
3: So, as I come back and I look at some of those charts, I'm going to stop sharing. If you want to bring some of these charts up on your screen so we can take a look at some of these things. One second. So if we look at like, you know, BABA and some of these others, like they're still in downtrends. I I have not seen a sort of on the charts inflection uh, for these names quite yet. So from my perspective, more time is going to be required for a lot of these Chinese stocks right now. Again, firmly believe that what I'm seeing in the U.S. is we are the strongest, deepest, most liquid markets in the world. I don't think that's changing. The reserve currency status isn't changing. So the U.S. is the market to be.
2: What would change your mind? What would get you more interested? I mean, Japan's been doing pretty good. So if you break it down, it's to stay away from China. The EWJ has been constructive. I mean, over 30 years, it's gone nowhere. But at least in the last you know, year, at least from my Twitter feed, everybody's been pretty going pretty good on the EWJ, on Japan. So it, can you separate it out? Is there some countries you like better than other countries? Like, could you get interested in Japan?
3: Well, I mean, it's starting to get interesting, but I was kind of hoping that they were sort of getting back to more of a normal environment and moving away from some of the easy money policies. And they started to just throw that right back. Um, they can't seem to quite get off of that. So yeah, you pull up the EWJ, you know, Joel, if you're running the controls or. Yep.
0: EWJ it is.
3: Yep. And as you go through and you look at this, it's kind of like, all right, you got your 30 minute chart. Where's your daily chart? Right here? Yeah. Right
0: here? I'll make it big for you.
3: Yeah. So you look at the daily chart. We're kind of like just sort of consolidating still, right? I mean, haven't broken up above those highs on the EWJ at 60, 64 up there. So.
0: I yeah, I think the monthly's a little bit more telling here, uh, to show the consolidation because right. the sixty four dollar area has been going back to the middle of the year, like sixty four oh seven, sixty four oh five. So there you're looking and uh yeah. Yep, that would that would be a break. It looks about the 50% retracement too here on yep. uh the, the the EWJ. Uh just go on, just uh before we let you go, uh just metals and bitcoin. I mean, uh obviously I know you've been a long-time bull in uh in bitcoin. Metals have been, you know, very volatile as of late. Uh where do the you know, the commodities, metals, where do they fit in in this scenario? Is it just going to be the buy everything kind of market?
3: Well, materials are a neutral for me at this point in time. And I go back and I look at our total return relative strength charts. That being said, take a look at like XME. You pull that up on your chart. XME? And, yep. And this is where you got to sort of break out the difference of what's actually in some of these uh, you know, ETFs and stuff. Coal is a huge component inside of the XME. And that is not going away anytime soon. The country needs to figure out a more sustainable, not only the country, the world, a new baseload driver for electrical generation. And it can't be coal, but for now, that's all we've got. So take a look at a chart of like a BWXT, a little hot special for you guys. Take a look at this chart, right? These guys are making the small nuclear reactors. And I know that Microsoft has come out and said, hey, we're going to go power the cloud on these small nuclear reactors. And uh, that's what they want to go and do. So pretty good looking chart on a monthly basis there, guys. Just completely breaking out. Buy it on any pullbacks. Uh, Looks like a good looking chart.
2: You're getting a little pullback here right now. So maybe this isn't a bad idea here at the BWXT. I just wrote it down.
3: Then I had a successful event because you wrote it down. (laughs) But, but, you know, think about all those names. And then also think about in in consumer land. If these rates are coming down, consumers are going to have more money, dollars, come down you've also seen oil come down in price look at consumer spending like something like skechers take a look at that one what a great looking chart set up on skechers
2: I mean, I mean we've been running we've been running on some of these things have we run a little bit too far too fast are you waiting for a pullback on some of these things cuz even the iwm i look and i think man it's been a pretty big move though here we were 165 or 161 2 months ago one now we're 198 Do we need a pullback before or can we just chase here?
3: I think you're going to get a chase into year end for sure. Because so many people are mispositioned. So many portfolio managers have been on the wrong side of this uh, particular trade. So I think, Dennis, to answer your question, that chase is going to happen. And then you could get a pullback perhaps into next year. Also think about the Santa Claus rally discussion too. Last five trading days, first two trading days, according to Yale-Hirsch's work. And when you do those statistics and numbers, You can get another two or three percent in here. I mean, I'm hoping for it. Our year-end price objective for 23 is 48.25. We started the year at 20 at 46.25, bumped it up in July to 48.25, thinking it wasn't done, and now we're one and change percent away. I I think we're going to be there. We're going to be on the mark. Fingers crossed, guys. You know.
0: Yeah, uh, Craig Johnson, managing director, chief marketing technician, Piper Sandler. But guiding us through these markets for years now, yeah, going yes. back to COVID and pre-COVID. And uh Craig, we appreciate your thoughtful analysis and the time that you spend with us. And uh have a good uh good new year, good vacation time. And uh we'll be we'll be dialing you up early in January. I'm sure about that. Thanks, guys. Thanks. for a good
1: one. All right, let's get back to the markets. How are we looking here, Joel?
0: No pullback. I mean, no pullback. Like I, 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 did, I wanted to. I said we were leaking. I didn't even want to say that that we were attempting to go down. Findings, intraday, <laughs> you know, pre-market support now at forty-eight hundred. Uh, you know, looking at what he says about the, you know, the cash projection. The cash is at now forty-seven forty. Uh, probably gonna be a little bit higher than we opened. So he's talking another what 70, 80 handles. I'll put the cash chart up here. Of course, uh, you know, we're much closer on the uh, on the cash here. Forty-eight, what the all-time high in the cash? Forty-eight, eighteen sixty-two. The divergence for the futures. The futures, of course, the rolling front-month contract. You go back oh. to twenty-two. You figure in interest rates and the time value of money. So, a little bit different here, but uh, for right now, for all intents and purposes, you got to keep a, keep an eye on that cash. I'll, I'll just call it forty-eight twenty. We're at forty-seven forty. That's that's. 80 handles away. We gotta. We better do some giddy up to get there by the end of the year. But you know what? You can't. You can't. You can't. Can't sell this market short. Uh, that's guys, a that term can be used a couple of ways. It's the
2: seasonality here too. Like it's hard yeah. to get bearish to Craig's point. in This next eight trading sessions. This is historically a very strong time. You got shorts caught all over the place here. You have quiet period. What's the headline that's going to knock this down? Unless you know. suddenly get profit taking. Which, you know, why are you going to take profits on the Magnificent Seven when in eight days you don't have to pay the tax for it? Oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, this is just setting up It's all those factors that just lead me to want to buy dips for the next eight days. Now, a lot of things might change in the first week of January 2024. It often does. Sometimes those trends hold through the year like they did last year. Sometimes they don't. But, I mean, it's hard to turn around and say everything is going to change in the last eight days of the year because historically it does not. And the main reason for that is tax purposes here. If I'm sitting on a 100% gain in a stock like Microsoft, I'm not selling it until
1: Jan
0: 1. Why? Why? And, yeah.
1: and that, that's, that's where it leads me to thinking, right? I, I see all this exuberance, I'm going to call it, and... These guys, like everyone out there is like not even just like, let's say, a little bit bullish, but to the extreme bullish. Is this setting up for a disaster into next year?
2: I think this is. I, I, I I, can't, I'm off i off that I, bandwagon now here, Mitch, and the main reason can't do is, it, that, is that the Fed has pivoted. I, I did not they anticipate really, this.
1: Have they really? I mean, they're just talking about it.
2: It sounded like a pivot. It smells like a pivot. You know, sometimes it's like... It looks like a pivot. Smells like a pivot. It's probably a pivot. And Williams and everybody's trying to back off the comments because Powell was too blunt about it, but they pivoted. I don't so, know, I mean, it's hard to just turn around and say, and I gave this argument when you were away here, Mitch, too. It's hard to just turn around and get so bearish this market here now, because if they are now, you know, pivoted, if the market starts to show weakness, they'll start lowering rates. And we know what happens then. We went through before. They lower by a quarter just out of the blue and boom, this market blasts off into orbit. So now you're back to fighting the Fed. You were fighting the Fed by being long stocks in early 2021. And you got punished for that. But at this point in time. I think if you're shorting stocks, you're fighting the Fed going forward here now, unless inflation starts to blast off, that would be the wild card. Or unless you get like, you know, some macro geopolitical event, that can change things too. But with the information that we have at this point in time, it's hard to think that everything just falls off a cliff. So I think you're looking at opportunities, that laggard list I'm putting on for the January effect. I'm not chasing the Microsofts and the Googles at this point in time because I do believe Craig's right and maybe there is a catch-up trade there. But I am looking at some of those laggards and stuff that has not You know, look what I – I bought Bristol Myers. I mean, I'm buying some stuff that I feel like could play a catch-up trade. That has been an absolute dog. But, you know, I think you just got to look at good companies of reasonable valuations, but maybe staying away from those high valuation companies right now, because we don't need to hide out maybe in Microsoft and Apple and Google in 2024 if rates are indeed going to start going down.
1: And, I, and don't get me wrong, guys. It's not like I'm playing the downside here, but I, I just feel like, you, you know, when everybody gets on one side, I very rarely have ever seen that work out.
2: It's and that's true. all I'll say. Whenever, and, it's a scary and everybody's
1: thing on that side right to now. To go there's, with the crowd. What bears, what bears, what shorts are still in the market? If you're still shorting this market and you're still short some of these names, you're literally like you just don't even know how to trade. But
0: there's people underinvested, Mitch. That's the now thing. That is true. That is true. yeah. So, that I'd give you. Yeah. That I'd 1,000%. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of people so.
1: underinvested.
0: And, and whoever does they're they're competing with whoever, you know short whoever sees a you know a you know a light of day they're they're i mean the uh uh after the initial move in the uh, uh you know after the fed speak you know we just and i'll go with the spider we had the initial move and then like 455 455 just like look how many days that's just someone saying yeah okay i i, I missed it I got to get in, I got to get in before a year end. And then boom, then you had another blast off. So there's a couple different different, uh, a couple different, com, you know, uh, you know, combinations of things. You always got to be, you know, on alert, you know, you could do some technicals, but like what I like, you know, when, when I'm doing my, looking at my levels and looking at things, I'm like, there's nothing here. And when there's nothing there, the biggest trouble you can get yourself is saying, oh, I, I think the market's going down well. You know, we didn't think that uh, Paul was going to pull that pivot out of his hat like like he did. Uh, We are, once again, we'll just keep an eye on that pre-market high of 48.04 and a quarter. We always love to see follow through through that uh, early in the session. I
2: think we're leaking a little bit. There is a lot of selling balances here this morning. So that has something to do with it. The banks have some heavy selling balances, um, some individual stocks. You know, I can just give you Bank of America 309000 a to sell is significant this time of day. I see Citigroup 44000 I do have a day trading position on Citigroup. I also see Snapchat, which is how to run. It's down 157000 to sell there too. I do have a trading position on that one as well. Um, I am seeing some selling balances here this morning. So if you're wondering why we're starting to leak a little bit here, they've been selling balances all morning. The market think keeps thinking, well, they're going to eventually start to turn to buy. But they haven't turned to buy yet. So, I mean, now you're waiting an hour. Th- these imbalances that I'm talking about come out at 8 a.m. for the New York Stock Exchange stocks. So we've had a full hour where they haven't flipped at all yet. And they've just been kind of remaining on the sell side, more to the sell side than the buy side. And I think now, you know, you got traders looking like, well, if you're going to see this kind of selling balance here, you know, these stocks may not open up as high as we think they're going to open up. So we are seeing a small leak. This is to the day traders out here at this conversation.
0: Yeah. And I, I just wanted one quick note on the Snapchat. You know, that it was a result of an upgrade yesterday, right? After this magnificent run of the stock, you get, you're telling me to buy it now. And that, uh, and it wasn't like a dead open high. Jason, yeah, yeah. There's
2: Jason in some of these stocks. Yeah.
1: all right guys uh in the chat is loving my uh bringing a little bit of some bearish into this uh, conversation and the big thing for me is just to bring the conversation right because i think yep. it's an important thing um if we're all just going to be non-stop bullish the day can come where next thing you know something happens and then everybody's flipping i always like to bring both sides of the coin because i think yep. it's so important to think about it as an investor especially in the short term. I mean there's no reason for it, right? Everyone's gonna be in the bullish tune. But I've always said the max Payne trade, you guys have taught me that at some point that that's gonna turn. It, it, it just can't just be just that everybody is just gonna hit the buy every <laughs> buy every single stock in the stock market right now. The whole world is gonna be great next year. All wars <laughs> will stop next year. And it's gonna be and, and interest rates will be back down to four percent.
2: I mean, yeah, and and it's it's, not going to happen, man. It's October. I mean, that's what we've (laughs) had. But if we really look at you know perspective and think about what the IWM has done in the last six years, we've gone nowhere. I mean, so we have not been in this raging bull market in the IWM. We have been in Mr. Nowhere Land, where you bought IWM at 170 in 2018. You're looking at 198 today, and you're thinking, wow. That really sucks. Stocks are supposed to double every eight to nine years. My IWM is up 10% in five years. So I think, you know, there's just maybe to Craig's point, a catch-up trade here. And, you know, maybe I've got to like look at checkbacks here to get rebuilt in some of the portfolio. But, you know, new information comes in. And again, to your point, Mitch, is if we get new information, you know, if China was to invade Taiwan, if something else happens, it's not a, it's, go ahead and hit the sell button right away. Like your job as a trader is to trade the information that you are given. Your job as an investor is buy good companies with reasonable valuations. That's the difference. So you're an investor, good companies, reasonable valuations. Don't worry about the headlines. You're a trader. You absolutely worry about the headlines. You worry about every headline. You have to worry about the headlines because they move markets. The and pivot, if you can't
0: find no a headline, if you can't find a headline, then you really need to worry.
2: Yeah. Right. Then exactly. everybody knows it except
0: you. <laughs> like Nvidia, i guess someone said edgewater uh had some cautious comments on it so whatever edgewater. Said,
2: yeah it- edgewater
1: okay.
0: okay we'll see what happens
1: guys We're all late. right guys you guys keep up with dennis dick Joel Alcon and at Spoos, of course. Uh, you guys can check him out. Pre Market Prep Plus will get you guys over, of course, to the next show. That's live trading. That's coming up next. And don't forget, like always, guys, all content is for informational purposes only, not to be used as investment advice. Opinions do not represent those of Benzinga, and hosts and guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed today. Now, to get you guys over to live trading, that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere find out what i'm able to have up my sleeve today got some good valero at least in a good swing position we'll talk a little bit about that coming up don't go anywhere team stay right here